it's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Iwoo Hoops presents The Pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwoo Hoops trades the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Welcome to episode five of The Pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, and I'm one of the coaches of the IW men's basketball program. Today, we're going to be talking about junkyard workouts and why it's so important to get out of our comfort zones. Coach T is going to join us in the second half to talk about how early in the season he challenged the players and coaches to pray about what they were willing to say no to in order for the team to say yes to a national title. For a lot of players and coaches, that meant saying no to our comfort zones. Two of those guys were Michael Zitney and Sam McCracken, who will join us in the first half to share about some early season struggles they had and how their teammates helped overcome them. Sam and Michael are going to talk about moments where they thought about giving up or quitting. You'll be really interested to hear how they pushed through their comfort zones and found deeper levels of success. Joining us now are Sam McCracken and Michael Zitty, two guys who came from some of the top programs in the state of Ohio. But one of the things we see is there's always a growth curve when you transition to college. Let's start with you, Sam. You come from Moeller High School, who has one of the best coaching staffs we've ever seen in basketball that's created one of the strongest brotherhoods we've ever seen in a high school team. You transfer here to Indiana Wesleyan after a semester at a Division I program and probably saw some similarities to what you had at Moeller, but that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. So take us up to the time, your first junkyard workout in June. You've been around the program a little bit. You know there's hard work expected, but then there's a whole nother level at this junkyard workout. What happened that day? Yeah, I just uh, I didn't really know what to expect. It was my first junkyard. Uh, I knew the guys were saying like it was a hard workout and stuff like that, but some of them said they enjoyed it, so I wasn't really knowing what to expect. And then just during that junkyard, I just I hit a wall at one point, and I just felt like I could not do anything anymore. I just felt like I couldn't couldn't walk, couldn't breathe, uh, couldn't crawl sometimes. And just like the guys were all, even though like I was taking like five times as long to finish a junk car as everybody else, like they were still right there with me, clapping, like cheering me on, saying that they were going to go run stairs until I was finished. I remember that because the coaches did this workout and it took us about 18 or 19 minutes to finish. And I think you were on about minute 45 by the time you were done. But what I remember so clearly, the guys were holding you to a standard, but they weren't demeaning you. They weren't being angry. They were just saying, Sam, you have to finish this because that's what's expected of you. What was it like in that moment to have teammates in your ear encouraging you rather than demeaning you or just like, it was something I never really experienced it. Like usually guys would just be mad and angry because I'm taking so long and taking their time away. But like, they were just so encouraging. Like they like, they weren't like, you have to get this done or like something like bad's gonna happen. It was just like they know I could do it and they knew they knew what I could what I can be and what I want to be and it was because like because they never gave up gave up on me is the way, a reason I was able to finish it. But that doesn't make it easy. I remember the next day you reached out to us with the conversation. Tell us what was going through your mind and then the conversation uh, the next day. Yeah, I just like I just 
I felt, like I said, uh, awful during the junkyard and after, and I just wasn't sure, like, if that was, like, if this is where I was supposed to be. In that moment, I was like, maybe I just am not cut out for this. Maybe I'm not, like, ready for this. Maybe I'm sh- I should stop playing basketball. And, like, when I met with uh, the coaches and you, just, like, you just, like, you guys just saw me uh, grow from since I got to here at IWU in December just to that point and just like you were not going to let me quit. You were not going to let me give up or anything like that because you saw the potential. We saw so much and sometimes when you're in the midst of growth, it's hard to see it because it takes a long time. But looking at you and even with younger brothers who were looking up to you, I remember in that moment we said, Sam, you have to finish this. You have to go forward because that's going to be one of the hardest things you ever go through. So fast forward a week, and, and Mike, I'd love to hear your perspective on this. So we go a week later, and we have another junkyard workout. And a week before, Sam is acting like he literally might die right there on the field. What did you see from Sam that next week in the junkyard? The next week was incredible. I, I was expecting Sam to come back again at this junkyard because he was dragging a little bit after the first one. And I just seen this new attitude the next morning and and he attacked every every rep every every obstacle um, that we had to do he was just it's like he was given 110 percent and you can tell because it was like a brand new man he was running sprinting to every new station and just it was it was a completely different story finishing maybe even before like half the team which is incredible the, the moment I'll always remember from that day, you were partners with Ben Carlson. And Ben's one of our best guys at junkyards because he's so strong. Yeah. But he's pro- his speed probably doesn't match his strength. And there's a station where we have to run uh, maybe half a mile between stations. And it was one of your last stations, and you took off like a deer. <laughs> and Ben was trying to keep up with you, and he had no chance. And we remember looking, is that even the same person that we saw a week ago? What was going through your mind that day, Sam? Uh, I don't really remember, honestly, but I just, like, I remember I knew what to expect this time, and I just, like, I saw how much almost, how much fun the other guys were having while doing it, and I just, like, came in with the mentality that, like, I was going to have the most energy I've ever had, like, in my life during a workout, and just, like, I was just going to have fun with it. Like, everyone else was saying, like, the junkyards are a fun workout, and I just, like, I said I'm going to have fun with it, I'm going to just... Uh, like that one, I was just like, I'm just gonna run, just not think about it, just just run and just have fun and bring a bunch of energy with the, uh, that morning. Mike, I, you don't have the same story, but maybe some similar elements of of having to come in in an area you had to grow was pushing through fatigue and not allowing your mind to convince you you couldn't do something. So maybe take mm-hmm. us back to running sprints this preseason and how that played out. Yeah, so it, we had a um, morning workout where we would be in between the basketball gym doing like agility training, um, footwork, and we were between the weight room. And after that, we would follow with, um, it would be called a 16, and it was 16 times from sideline to sideline. And I remember our first time we had, um, it was probably about a minute and six seconds, and I ended up finishing probably a minute and seven and I probably couldn't stand or walk for 10 minutes after running that. And I just, it was like a wall between do I want to keep pushing myself out of um, my comfort zone into something I'm not comfortable in. And we kept doing this for maybe two weeks. And I remember we kept running those every day that we trained um, and experiencing going out of my comfort zone and seeing how 
that place that wasn't comfortable before became something that was comfortable. And that was definitely easier having teammates who expected better out of me and pushed me in such a positive way because seeing guys who carry you and push you to be um, reach out of your comfort zone and just grow in areas that you never thought would be comfortable before. That's such a great point, Mike, because it's part of this whole pursuit of three. When we're focused on ourselves in that moment, it seems almost impossible. Oh, yeah. But when you're surrounded by a group of guys who are all for your growth, it changes things. Maybe, Sam, you could talk about that. What's the importance in that moment of having teammates who are for your success? Yeah, like uh, just like I said, to Zinni's point, when we're running sprints uh, during uh, workouts, when everybody's just there like motivating each other and like saying, come on, guys, just a couple more, a couple more, a couple more, we're all doing it as a team, it's just like – you just feel like a family. Like you feel like a family. You're doing it together. You're not doing it just for yourselves. You're doing it for the better of the whole team, not just yourself. Mike, what would you say? Why why is it so important that that to have teammates who are competing for your success? The best part about it is that you know that this team's bought into your success and not only theirs. And the awesome part about being in a team that has a group of guys that are like this is you may go through a time that brings you all the way down to like rock bottom and you may want to quit and you, you're just like your mindset on quitting. But when you know that there's teammates that are there for you and there for your success, it just pushes you to a whole new level and brings areas out of you and strengths out of you that you didn't know you had. One of the things Coach T was talking about during this time was how we have to say no before we can say yes. And he challenged the team to write that down, before we can say yes to a national championship, each of us has to say no to something. What do you guys remember about that, and what did you decide to say no to? Um, the biggest thing that I was saying no to is kind of like the personal um, desires that I had as an individual and what I wanted success in instead of what the team had success in. And so um, there is a lot of areas that can be shown through like my comfort zone. Um, I had to say no to staying in that comfort zone of not wanting to pursue other success over mine. And so I really adopted that role and finding um, ways to make my teammates better um, on and off the court, like bringing them together off the court and just like having that bond family relationship and on the court pushing them and motivating them to do their best in every drill that we had. What about you, Sam? What did you feel like you had to say no to for our team to say yes to a championship? Oh, yeah, kind of similar to uh, Mike's. Uh, just like to no to – I had to say no to, like, my selfish thoughts, like being in my own comfort zone, uh, just worrying about myself and not worrying about the team. Where If I said no to, like, not really worrying about myself and my comfort zone, that way I could say yes to, like, caring about the team and being a part of the team, not just worried about uh, myself and my selfish thoughts. When we come back for our second half – we're going to continue the conversation about comfort zones, junkyards, and more with Coach Greg Donovan. This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an IM third culture in a basketball program. But IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one minute halftime, we want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group who is building a culture of I am third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG president, Trent Daly. Pursuing the I am third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life, putting God first, 
my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency, we are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.insmgt.com. Now back to the second half. We're back with Coach Tonegal. Coach, we just talked with Sam McCracken about junkyard workouts. Can you share with listeners a little bit more about what those are and why we've put them in place? Love junkyard workouts. Probably uh, some of the most memorable workouts that we have have, have come during junkyards. And junkyards are always uh, evolving and changing. You know, if we've got former players out there listening, they have a certain recollection of, of what junkyards looked like <laughs> 10 years ago as to what they look like now. And here, here's what we know. that They all say they were harder back then. We, we get that all the time. But I don't know. It's fun It's fun to, to take our guys outside. It's fun to really push them. And what I guess we're trying to do more than anything else is stretch their minds. We're trying to, to grow and to strengthen their minds above any of the physical components. Even though they're, they're physically exhausting, what we often realize is you will not make it through a junkyard unless you are relying upon your teammates. So there's that element, too. We're going to take you to a place where you think you can't go any further unless you turn and focus and pour into a teammate. So you said every junkyard might look different. It may be pushing cars or flipping tires or running stairs. But one thing that they always have in common is you will be part of a team. And often the team that talks the most and encourages the most will be rewarded in some way. Why is that so important? It's interesting how focusing on a teammate and celebrating with your teammates takes your mind off the pain and misery. I mean, let's be honest. None of us would go outside alone and do a junkyard. We wouldn't crawl uh, through the grass, push tires, flip them, pull cars, all the crazy things we do alone. But there's something about a guy that's in my ear pushing me, challenging me, encouraging me that gets me excited. So in return, I do the same for him. I think I've proven my loyalty to this program being here for 12 years. But there's always one time in this season when I consider seriously moving on to another profession. Is That's when we have to do junkyards with the players. It's, it's something we've come to value. It's developed over time. And now it's almost an expectation. Where did this start and why is it so important? It's a great question. I think both of us, we, we spent a lot of time at the chiropractor in the month of September. But my first year here, I remember taking the guys outside and setting up this workout. And they all looked at me like I was absolutely insane until I said, I'll do it with you. And it was one of those things that says, look, you may think I'm crazy. You may think you cannot do this. But the fact that every coach is about to do this immediately removes that excuse that, that you cannot do this. So coaches have always jumped in and done everything. And, and there's something about, I don't know, shared suffering and uh, the excitement that it builds. But we're all in, so they're all in. One of my first days here as a coach, uh, I was coming off a playing career, and I came for what I thought was a normal workout. It was a chain gang of – bicep curls and there was like eight different curls and you had to do 30 each time and I got thrown in there and I got about a quarter of the way through it and I started looking around like what is going on here but now it's become a fun thing where we get to tell legendary stories with with the players when they come back about things we did and the the crazy ideas that some coach came up with when we planted junkyard and what another thing we talked about with Sam and Mike was how early in the season you challenged our guys you said if you want to say yes to something, first you have to say no to something else. What did you mean? 
Well, so much of coaching, I think what we're learning is you hear a word from the Lord and you, you share it with your team. And that doesn't mean you always have the answer to that. In fact, I was on this run. I was trying to get a PR and I just had pushed myself. And I remember there, there was this moment where I heard, if you want to say yes to this PR, you got to say no to slowing down. You got to say no to the pains of, of what running brings. And when I got back, I was so excited to share that to the team because it just showed me that, fellas, if, if we want to say yes to some things, we're, we're first going to have to say no. Because everybody thinks about the yes, and everybody thinks, well, yeah, of course we want to win a national championship. But the reality is most teams aren't willing to say no to uh, shortcutting reps or saying no to not taking charges, saying no to, to being up early. So we challenged our team, what does this mean for you? You know, you go search this meaning out. You go find how to contextualize this. And it was pretty neat to hear different guys articulate different things. And I think you heard Sam talk about that. Yeah, it was really fun. You, you said in order to say yes to a national championship, first we all must say no to something. And the coaches did this and the players did this. And some of the guys, it was basketball-specific. I have to say no to taking plays off on defense. But for some guys, it was about homework. I have to say no to playing video games to get my homework done so I get enough sleep. And allowing each guy to find out for himself what he had to say no to was really powerful. As you look back on the season – this wasn't the only time where we had a, a moment like this where we felt like we were being led in a specific direction, then we gave it to the guys, and then we allowed them to really pray and think about how it applied to them. Joy is another one that will come later on in the, in the podcast, and there, there are others as well. Why do you think this has become such a staple in our program to find these different ways of growth throughout the season? Well, I think as, as coaches, our job isn't to always have the answers, but it's, it's to, to discover and journey with our guys towards the answer, towards the solution. One of my favorite Proverbs I was reading and kind of came across this year, and it really kind of brings this together. It it's basically says, it's the glory of the Lord to hide things, but it's the, the glory of kings to search them out. And at first I was like, why would God ever hide things for, from us? But the reality is as we search for those things, as we dig for those things, there's a reward in that, and we become somebody, and and that's what we've been doing. So this word came to us. We said, hey, guys, we don't necessarily know what it means, but we're going to search it out. And in that searching, boy, did we find the reward. We're back for overtime on Episode 5. We have a comment on IWHoops.net from Coach B saying, wow, very unique approach, talking of the father-son retreat. Would you recommend this in a non-faith-based basketball program? Coach Tonegal, what are your thoughts on that? Love the question, Coach B. I love how you're thinking. Absolutely, um, for a variety of reasons. One, uh, you know, the, if you're coaching, I, I have to believe the young men on your team would love to spend time with their dads. It's only going to strengthen them. Um, and two, even if you're in a non-faith-based program or culture, I think we're called to do good in, in every aspect. And in fact, it's probably those cultures that need it even more. So I, I would encourage you to be that. Be that witness. Be, be bold enough to try something new and, and to connect your guys and, and to disciple them. So if we can help in any way, man, reach out to us. We'd love to talk. I know there were some examples of high school programs this past year that did father-son retreats, even in a non-faith-based uh, program, and we heard some amazing stories from those. Remember, you can ask a question, leave a comment anytime on iwhoops.net backslash the pursuit or on any social media platform, hashtagging AskIWHoops. On our next episode, we're going to be interviewing Evan Maxwell. Evan has an amazing story as he transferred to Indiana Wesleyan from Kansas University, 
one of the top programs in the country. It might not have made sense from people on the outside looking in, but while he was at Kansas, he went through a dark time and lost his love of the game. He's going to compare the recruiting process as he chose between some of the top programs at any level in the country compared to when he came to Indiana Wesleyan. It was pretty much like, we're giving you a situation to succeed, and if you want, you can run with this and, and get whatever you want out of it. Um, you can play here for a certain amount of time and then leave whenever you want and go to the NBA and almost like guaranteeing that if you come here, you're gonna have the opportunity to go to go to the NBA. So in my mind, it was like, well, well, there it is. Like going to a school like this, it's it's a lock to get into the, the NBA draft and all that stuff. So that really started to become a major priority for me. Then you will hear the story of how he got challenged to go to another level from senior Ben Carlson. Evan's story is remarkable, and it's an episode you won't want to miss. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask iWoo Hoops on a future episode, hashtag AskIWooHoops or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at iWooHoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember, if you want to be first, first find a way to be third.